Hello and welcome back. It's been another week in Oklahoma education. Well, sort of. I had half week. Apparently, we were one of the only districts that took Monday and Tuesday off for professional development. I was talking with some students from my uh, small group on Wednesday night, and they were kind of baffled at why we were out. But I think part of it had to do with the um, a bond issue that was up on Tuesday for an expansion to the high school, uh, a ninth elementary school in our district and a bundle of other improvements, which I'm sure district leaders are going to be super excited because it passed. So now I'm just kind of curious when the new buildings are going to be started, started, begun. Dang it. Ugh, this is why I don't teach ELA. Um, because I'm mainly curious about when these split classes are going to stop. For the last couple of years, I've had a uh, class that we go to class for about 20, uh, 25, 30 minutes, and then they go to lunch for 30 minutes, and they come back for 15, 20 minutes, and uh, I've made do. It, it's not ideal, but uh, we've been told that part of this new building is a secondary cafeteria so that we can be down to two lunches in each cafeteria at like appropriate times. Some of our students have lunch from 10.30 to 11 each day, so ooh, um, Yes, on the less selfish side of things, we're going to have classrooms that are more appropriate for the classes that are being there, uh, things like our new esports classes, but also for our severe and profound um, students and the classroom needs they have, we can have some spaces specifically built for them. So that's that's a good thing, I would say. But I'm also worried about me <laughs> and when these split classes can go away, because, oh man, that would be nice. Uh, the other reason we were off Monday and Tuesday was for, for professional development, and we did that on Monday, as I mentioned before, and uh, it, it went well. I, I did a couple of sessions and uh, about the reading and writing strategies and activities that I've been using since whenever, uh, a, a decade and a half, and I, find, I feel like they help me be successful in my own content area and my personality, but I also think they're really great for our students because the whole goal with these activities, uh, maxteaching.com, if you're curious, uh, is helping our students practice their reading and writing skills while getting new content and working with the content they have while practicing reading and writing skills. And so I led a couple of sessions to uh, start the day and was able to share. I, I was a little nervous about it. Um, I haven't done this in a really long time. We'll just say, in yeah, it's been long enough that I felt brand new at it. And so I was trying to figure out which activities I wanted to do and which ones and how long to spend on them. And, and ultimately, I just decided learning by doing is best. So that's what we did. We uh, kind of used the content that I met on in my world history class and worked our way through the uh, shared reading practices and think, pair, share, um, hunt for main ideas, just focus free rights, and I worked my way through and kind of explained it. And for the most part, it went really, really well. I hope, I hope they picked up something that could be beneficial, and I, I think they do. I mean, they don't have to copy everything I do. Um, I, I did see some something that that frustrates me and just kind of makes me not take some teachers seriously when they complain about student behavior or things going on at the high school because. Uh, in one of my later sessions, I had uh, a couple of teachers, the teachers, they were just checking out. Now, some of them weren't at my, from my site, um, but they were from other levels in the building, but they were just 
commenting about things going on and talking and doing, and it's just, wow. I mean, whatever, but I'm willing to bet they would be so upset if their students did that to them, and they would chew them out and, like, how disrespectful, but they couldn't manage to see the hypocrisy of what they were doing. And and one instance in particular, because I've, I've spoken to uh, this teacher, how frustrated they are that sometimes their students don't pay attention to them, that they don't you know, treat them like a real-life human being and that they just kind of dismiss them when they're trying to do activities or lectures and things like that. And I thought it was quite interesting that they spent most of the time playing on their phone. I mean, the session was like an hour, and I actually messed up in this session and got lost on my timing and uh, actually dismissed them about 10, 15 minutes early. So it wasn't even the full session, but they were playing on their phone to the point that when they were kind of grouped together to practice and try some of these activities, they uh, were clueless as to what was going on. They, this, this other person, other people in their group were trying to engage with them and they were kind of, it honestly looked exactly like a high schooler uh, when I have class and sometimes they're kind of checked out and then someone at their table will say, so what did you think about that? And they'll kind of like, huh, what, uh, uh, um, okay. And they'll go back and try to recover the material that I asked them to look at before we started the activity. And I just thought that was interesting because, again, the hypocrisy of that. They're so uptight and so um, mad about how their students treat them, but yet they will go and do it to others. And that's something I've always tried to remind myself about. It's like, I don't, I don't want to be like that. If, if, if what a student is doing to me is wrong and I'm going to address it with them, then by God, I better not be doing that to my, uh, my son, my wife, my students, my friends. It's like the universe is giving me a sign that that is irritating. And if it's irritating to me, it probably will be irritating to others. And so cut it out. But I just don't know. I don't know if there's a lot of hope for colleagues like that where they can't understand that what they're, what they're annoyed by is the thing that they will justify for themselves. And they can't ever come up with a deeper why for why they should stop with their students. They just kind of gripe at them. So, and I've seen that. And not to pick on this particular uh, colleague at all, but because I've seen this throughout my career, students or um, teachers who will do this, they'll, they'll cry out against the the uh, problems of the students and what they're doing and how dismissive they are and how they won't take things seriously. And they'll go and do the same thing during um, like a team PLC meeting or doing a, during a faculty meeting or during professional development. And, you know, I just hopefully they wake up at some point and figure it out. But also it just lets me know who they are. And I'll be honest, I just try to steer clear of them. Um, so, yeah, I do that a lot. Uh, the, the week, students came back on Wednesday. Things went well. Had some great conversations with uh, students about our... We've started World War I, that, that topic of study. And some of them making connections with things going on in you know the world later or even today, especially with talk of alliances and how important they are or how problematic they can be, especially if you're just automatically supposed to go support somebody. And economics was been great. We were talking about price system and where that comes from and uh, price ceilings and price floors like minimum wage or, or rent control. 
and what that actually looks like in the world and like why that's done and what are the you know you know the consequences in economics we talk about the seen and the unseen we we see this policy but we don't see the unseen is the the consequences that come in the days weeks months and years to follow so I had some really good back and forth with that I even had a young man uh, working on some uh, getting some work done and you could tell he was eagerly trying to figure out like, how do I be better at this and this being sorry r- reading comprehensions like how do I do better at that and it's like do the things that you do on your YouTube videos and your movies and your TV shows because when you when you see a trailer for a movie and you're like what what's going to happen with that like how are they going to save the day or your TV shows and you're wondering those those procedural type shows mystery ones like who done it and or how did they get away with it and uh, even in the YouTube ones the clickbait it works it's like it's the best ever and you're like yeah I bet it's not. And then you sit there and watch it because you want to find out if it's true. And that's what you have to do. Uh, I, I told him, that's what you do with your reading. When you see your headings, when you see uh, the titles of the articles you're reading in class, whether it be for me or others, you got to engage with it. When it says, you know, this person is doing a thing, you're like, why would they do that? And even if you get judgmental and you're like, well, that's dumb. And then you're, because you know, when you make that judgmental thing, you're going to read to find out, like, did they fail? Um, and then if they didn't, you're like, oh, dang, I guess it wasn't as dumb after all. But it's engaging with what you're reading, trying to figure out how important it is or not, or if it's true. And I, I don't know where that analogy came from, but it seemed to help. Just the idea of you do this all the time. I was telling them, you do it all the time with other things in your life with your movies and TV shows, and how do they do that, and are they going to be able to do it, and how are they going to save the day, uh, you, you, you question. It's the same thing with your reading. Question it. Like, what is this about? Is this going to be true? This sounds dumb. Why would they do that? Engage with it, and then try to figure it out. And so hopefully, I'm, I'm curious to see how this next week or so goes for him, and how that might ho- hopefully be helpful. So that, that's been good. Um, and I guess ultimately, more than anything, my wife and I uh, have a, I guess you could say a guilty pleasure. We watch a show on Peacock or Bravo, one of the two, called Below Deck. And it used to be one show, but now it's like four iterations. And we are obsessed because it's basically these luxury yachts that get rented out and people come and charter the yacht for a couple of days and it's following the guests, but also the crew below deck as they figure out what's going on and this group dynamics and the sociology of it all and how to deal with workplaces. And that's what I'm seeing because what we've seen recently and currently watching the 10th season of the main show is there are a lot of people that don't know how to handle criticism, who don't know how to handle adversity. And they don't realize that life is getting them, giving them a sign. The universe is speaking to them about their behavior and their strategies. And it's telling them, hey, maybe you should adjust. Whether it be literally a supervisor saying, hey, maybe you should consider this. And there are some people who just walk off and like mutter nasty names about the supervisor as they walked away, which is awkward enough because that's in your mind, and that'll so taint any future enga- in interactions you have with that supervisor. But also, like in a school, uh, voices carry. And some of that stuff was heard by the supervisor, and they were 
Still, when they got brought up again saying, hey, you're not handling this well. I was just trying to point something out. I don't need like the back talk. It still continued. Some of them were figuring it out and realizing, oh, dang, I don't like how I've been behaving. And I think ultimately that's what this week has been for me, whether it be talking with a student and I had others about reading comprehension or just about life in general. I guess I just, um, the, the lesson that life has taught me and my wonderful TV show, Below Deck, is that everything's an opportunity to adjust. Everything's an opportunity to listen and, and learn. And maybe it's not a big adjustment sometimes. Maybe it's just a slight tweak in how I handle an interaction with a student or with a, a colleague or with my son or with my wife. And I should be aware of that. And sometimes it's big adjustments, but it's there's always opportunities. And I shouldn't become defensive um, because I'm being redirected, whether it be by a colleague or a supervisor, or if I'm being honest, an awkward emotional outburst from a student, you know, I've had those through the years, and ignore the emotion and focus on the lesson to be learned. Because I feel like that's the secret to any kind of success I've had, is just being, being willing to listen. Everything's an opportunity to grow. And don't be so fragile um, emotionally, um, psychologically. Don't let that ego get in your way that you can't see the opportunity that's right in front of you. And that's what that this week has taught me. Whether it be conversations with students and some of their awkward interactions with each other or some of my colleagues or seeing uh, one of my colleagues just completely be a hypocrite in terms of what they don't like and what they do, or seeing the examples on TV shows of some poor behavior and choices. It's all examples to me that be aware, engage with life, know that I'm not arrived yet, and I still have things I can do better. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do this week. Keep my eyes up, open, and look for those opportunities. I hope you do the same. As always, have a day.